On May 4th, there was the anniversary of the Kent State Massacre from 1970. This was an iconic moment in American history, where students came together at Kent State University to protest the bombing of Cambodia, and the National Guard was deployed. Four students were killed and nine wounded. The photos that were taken of this violence have become iconic in American popular culture and beyond. Of course, since then, there's been many other incidents of violence against students, not only within the U.S. I'm thinking here of the UC Davis pepper spray against the students who were peacefully protesting for Occupy. Of course, there's incidents that are very, very famous, like Tiananmen Square. And today, I wanted to raise awareness of one that's ongoing right now, which is the police brutality against students in India. And in that regard, I'm really excited to have a special guest with me today on PhDiva's podcast about academia, culture, and social justice. Uh, Wajiha is a PhD student here at the University of British Columbia. We are recording on the ancestral, traditional, unseceded territory of the Musqueam people. And I'm Dr. Zain Yao, representing the humanities. So thanks for joining me here today, Wajiha. Uh, thank you for having me, Zain. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from India, and I'm in my first year of PhD program in social justice at the University of British Columbia. Really, thanks to you, did I learn that this is something that's happening as the rise, as a result of the rise of Hindu nationalism mm-hmm. in India. Mm-hmm. It's sort of interesting, like I'm sure this is the case for many of our listeners, how bounded our social media tends to be. Like, which countries do we end up hearing news about? And other than from you and maybe like one other friend, I had not heard about this at all. So what is what is happening at the moment? I think what is happening right now in India uh, across universities needs to be understood, taking into account the protests across various sectors and uh, various groups uh, in India. So I'll just give a bit of political uh, background context to that and then speak about this protest that is going on at Aligarh Muslim University in India. Two things that are happening in India. I'll have to speak a little bit about Hindu nationalism and what that is mm-hmm. and why that has been on rise since BJP has come into power. So basically, Hindu nationalism or what we call Hindutva is majoritarian um, chauvinist ideology that evokes a Hindu identity that is very much in opposition to a threatening Muslim and to a threatening religious minorities in general, um, but specifically Muslims. And this goes back to uh, Veer Savarkar's 1923 work, which talks about essentials of Hindutva, that basically contextualized this ideology. And this ideology uh, that BJP has adhered to it's basically a family that they have, right? It's called Sangh Parivar, which means Sangh family. And they've got different organizations in that. So they've got uh, Rashtriya Swayam Sevak, which is the paramilitary uh, volunteer organization, uh, which is the ideological uh, framework that BJP is based on. BJP is its main political party. So this is one thing. It's like it's organizing Hindu nationalism. And at the same time, uh, what the government has done is adoption of neoliberal policies. Mm. So this means major cuts in education, major cuts in uh, in welfare services, free market, and inviting foreign direct investments. And all of this has led to protests in India on various fronts. We've got protests by farmers against the declining agriculture economy. We've got protests by students against the privatization of education as well as curb, uh, restricting or curbing uh, the, uh, the culture of dissent and free thinking. So... 
yeah, I think this is what it is. And then I, I think I can move on to talk about the attack yeah, on yeah, universities. Thanks. I, th I think the context is very helpful because unfortunately, those of us in the West, we tend to have limited access to mm -hmm. anything outside. But yeah. uh, let us know. Tell us what's happening. Mm -hmm. So in Aligarh Muslim University is basically not the first university to be uh, targeted by the by the right-wing uh, BJP government. Before this, Jawaharlal Nehru University was targeted, uh, Hyderabad University was targeted, Tata Institute of Social Sciences, which is a, another a major institute in India of uh, higher learning, was targeted in, I think, February of this year. So why is this happening? It's first of all because BJP also very much wants to control the idea of education. So they're changing history. They're trying mm -hmm. to control what is being taught. And they're trying to control the culture. Like the, like I said, the culture, culture of dissent and uh, free thinking and nuance in any way. So anybody who is in opposition with the Hindu right-wing agenda is being targeted right now. And apart from that, the students are also questioning joblessness in the country. So they are the ones who are... Who are who are the forefront of criticizing the government's policies. So they're questioning uh, cuts in education. They're questioning withdrawal of concessions for uh, the lower castes in India that have been constitutionally provided to them. So the scheduled caste, the scheduled tribe, other backward classes, uh, the marginalized communities, right? So all of this is being questioned while BJP is going on to, uh, to adopt a very neoliberal sort of policy. Thank you for giving us that background context. And so what exactly has been happening at uh, your alma mater? Um, yeah, so on May 2nd, a few members of uh, Hindu Yuva Vahini entered the campus with uh, weapons and guns, and they were accompanied by the police. And they started raising slogans such as, a mutator should be shot down, and if, you're, uh, if you want to live in India, you will have to say Ram Ram, Ram being one of the gods uh, of Hindus. So uh, they were using religion to kind of also communalize the entire situation. So the sort of comparison, I guess, in the North American context would be like, oh, this is a Christian company, uh, country, speak English, and also say you love Jesus or else you're not, you shouldn't belong here, is, right? Mm -hmm. okay. That's very much what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's very much a majoritarian kind of narrative mm -hmm. that says that if you want to live in Hindu nation state, like you said, if you want to live in a Christian state, you will have to live by certain rules according to what we say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so were they using their weapons? How did the students on campus react? So they had weapons in their hand. I don't have information about whether weapons were used, but uh, definitely students felt threat, uh, threatened at that time. And this also happened, this was very much organized and planned on the day when uh, the vice president of, ex-vice president of India, Hamid Ansari, was there at AMU, and he was supposed to be uh, delivering a lecture on pluralism in India. Oh, that's really ironic, or perhaps well-chosen for them precisely for the purpose of you know, overriding that type of ideology. Mm -hmm, exactly. So it's very much about what kind of ideology is allowed to be spoken of, what kind of narratives are allowed on campuses, and um, how BJP is going to control that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what happened then? Um, so a few student leaders and a few students, they caught hold of some of these criminals and they handed them over to the police. Um, the police uh, immediately released them and they refused to kind of take any kind of action against them or uh, charge them against any of this or take a police report. That's that's incredibly disgraceful. Uh, what 
how did people respond to this? Or uh, I guess, is, is there any point in following up for justice? And I guess also the wider question for the context would be like, is that type of police corruption very common in, in India? Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, yes. And I think it's important to point out that the police machinery was very much functioning according to the state and what the state wants in India right now. Okay, so it's very consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think it very much depends upon who is on the other hand. So uh, Muslim minorities are very less likely to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That sounds very uh, similar to some, some dynamics in North America, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So the, as you're saying, they completely did not um, address any sort of accountability for these people? Not at all. On the other hand, when the students very peacefully marched towards the police station to uh, make requests on the legitimate demand for there to be an FIR, which is police report, an inquiry against the criminals, uh, they met. Uh, they were met with police brutality. And uh, there was uh, what we call in India Lati charge, and I believe it's called baton uh, charge. Um, it's sort of like the, the small hand weapon that mm-hmm. they, I think it's sort of, yeah, yeah. sort of like a baton or yeah. like a billy club, I think is yeah. something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what happened. And I think you told me something that it wasn't just that those are used, like there's specific procedures about how these weapons are supposed to be used in this type of context, but these were not followed. Um, exactly. So a lati charge is first of all meant to disperse a crowd and disperse a particular kind of crowd, right? So it's not meant to disperse peaceful, defenseless students who are just marching and protesting. Um, and they were also beaten on their heads, on shoulders, on vital body parts. I think the rule is for them to be beaten on uh, on their legs and also like certain part of their leg. But uh, the videos circulating that show the kind of uh, brutality of the attack and the, um, and the fact that uh, the students were doing nothing. So they're just sitting there defenseless being beaten. Mm. Uh, and so how many students were involved? I think hundreds of students marched. I don't have the exact number. To be honest, from what I know, six, over 65, uh, 65 students were injured severely. And I think still a few of them are uh, in very critical condition in hospitals. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. I guess at this point, where do where do the students go from there or what type of support seems to exist on a societal level, like, is this something that, like, students' families can try to rally against, um, mm-hmm. you know, right to politicians and so forth? Or is this, where, can, where can pressure come from to, to have any sort of different, uh, make a difference, basically, at this point? What's happening right now and what students are doing right now to have their voices heard is that they've sat on protests since the past one week, and they've... Uh, uh, within the campus, because unfortunately, if they go out of the campus, it could take a very communal uh, turn. And also, Aligarh is one of the top five cities that is prone to communal violence in India. So that is what they're doing. But on your question, what we're trying to do is create awareness. Thank you so much for helping me create awareness about this issue. So that is what the students are trying to do. Unfortunately, the international media coverage has also not been too good. The media coverage in India uh, by the left-leaning portals is still good, but like a lot of the media is very much pro-state right now. So it seems very difficult to many, make any sort of change, in other words. Definitely. And I also feel like, unfortunately, because Aligarh Muslim University has a Muslim name in it, 
um, their loyalties are constantly being questioned. Mm. So students are being made to pledge their patriotism constantly. I can't help but wonder, since you, as you pointed out, the well, the world's Western media hasn't really picked up on this. Is it perhaps, as you said, like Muslim is in the name of the university, and perhaps people just, you know, within North America, because this is a very Islamophobic environment, mm-hmm. don't really want to hear this type of news, or like it's, it's a much more complicated narrative than Muslims are bad, you know. I think that's exactly what it is, Zain, because I did some Google search yesterday, and I found that AMU has been covered in the Western media, but only for women's rights and the situation of women and what women students want. So it's not like the Western media does not care about Aligarh Muslim University, but that what kind of narrative is, is what kind of narrative do they want to show, basically, yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that really m- reminds me of a conversation that we also had, which is that the news that most recent news that came out of India about protests had to do with another um, very high profile sexual violence mm-hmm. um, attack. And that I saw, I think, covered by every major news outlet. Mm-hmm. I think there definitely seems to be something where it's, it's easier to talk about um, a country like India in terms of like misogynistic violence, right, mm-hmm. as opposed to like these more complicated uh, dynamics that are happening. Um, I would definitely agree with that. I would definitely agree with that, even though the the two cases of sexual violence that have come out at this point, uh, I have to say this because we've had members of uh, government uh, involved in one of them. What? In the, oh. Yes, in the, Unnau, in the Unnau case, where a Dalit girl was raped, mm-hmm. and in the Kashmir case where an eight-year-old girl was raped, there was um, there was still like the police missionary. As you said at the beginning, there's been protests on many fronts, but likewise, it seems like the outrages are also on many fronts. Like it's mm-hmm. it's another example of of the right actually being involved. Yeah, definitely. That's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for sharing with this with us. Um, are there any other final thoughts you have? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I would just like to say that whether it's in India that student movements have taken over right now, and I think there should be more awareness about a protest on various fronts in India, whether it is a farmer's protest, whether it is attack on journalists or academics, or uh, the universities in India. I think it's important for the international media to be, uh, to be sensitive about uh, what's going on. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Wajiha. So this was uh, a briefer-than-usual PhDivas episode. I'm Dr. Zain Yao. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. And I hope that this has brought this news to your attention and you will share this with others. Thank you.